And welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I am your host, Pastor Matt Nichols. And welcome back to part two of Joe Wendell Brandt's 1937 earthquake judgments dream that he had while he was in a hospital at the age of 17 in Fresno, California. And if you remember from the last podcast, he gave such great detail about the things happening around him, the cultural society that he was seeing, that he was experiencing, the teeny tiny short skirts to the weird clothes to the slouched over walking, almost like a dance, he called it, that he couldn't emulate, he couldn't do it himself. The long beards and the earrings and just defining culture, the the huge growth of Los Angeles and all of the thousands of cars he described being packed onto to cities and highways, the odd-shaped cars and the things that he saw, so indicative of today, just amazing, the detail and how hard it would be to make that kind of stuff up. But also what we discussed during this last podcast was the stillness, was the quietness And he realized that all the wildlife had gone. All the birds were gone. There was no chirping, no no birds to be found. Now, if you think about that, you're talking about California, you're talking about Los Angeles, you're talking about Hollywood and Hollywood Boulevard. No wildlife signs at all. And it was so still and so quiet. That, to me, is a miracle in itself. How on earth can you notice... Your sense is so heightened to to notice and be aware that it was still in L.A., that there was a stillness, a quietness on Hollywood Boulevard. Just amazing. And so I want to get into this pretty quick on this part two. And here's what he said about that. He writes, where have I been? Where haven't I been? I've been to the ends of the earth and back. I've been to the end of the world. There isn't anything left. Not even Fresno, even though I'm lying here right this minute. If only my eyes would get a little clearer so I can write all this down, nobody will believe me anyway. Pretty amazing. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but this guy in the year 2020, looking at all of these things, some 83 years later, I believe it. It's just so hard to be able to describe cultural phenomenon like he did. And of course, the catastrophic event that we haven't even got to yet that has been described by so many others, so many other prophetic visions and dreams. So he says, I'm going back to that last moment on the boulevard. Some sweet kid went past, dragging a little boy, twins, I guess, by each hand. Her skirt was up, well, pretty high, (laughs) and she had a tired look. I thought for a minute I could ask her about the birds, what had happened to them. And then I remembered that she couldn't see me. She didn't see me. Again, I think it's amazing. He's still concerned about these birds. His senses are heightened to a place where he's aware that there are no wildlife. Man, that's such a a huge detail. Her hair was all frowsy, way out all over her head. A lot of them look like that, but she looked so tired and like she was sorry about something. I guess she was sorry before it happened. Because it surely did happen. And then there was a funny smell. I don't like it. A smell like sulfur, sulfuric acid. A smell like death. For a minute, I thought I was back in chem. Chem, chemistry class. That's what he meant. 
When I looked around for the girl, she was gone. I wanted to find her for some reason. It was as if I knew something was going to happen and I could stay with her, help her. But she was gone. And I walked half a block, then saw the clock again. I think this is such a huge detail also. Such a huge clue as he keeps seeing this clock. Like the dream, like the Lord was prophetically helping him to see the clock and know what time and know the seasons and the culture, the whole thing. It's just an amazing dream, vision. I couldn't move. I just waited. It was five minutes to four on a sunny afternoon. I thought I would stand there looking at that clock forever, waiting for something to come. Then when it came, it was nothing. This is such a profound thing. Then when it came, it was nothing. It was just nothing. It wasn't nearly as hard as the earthquake we had two years ago, right? Which would have been in 1935. There were a few earthquakes in 1935. There was a 4.9 magnitude earthquake near Morongo Valley, California, uh, San Bernardino area, and several other ones that really didn't cause any damage whatsoever, but they were there. They were earthquakes and they were felt. So this is what he's talking about. These didn't even come up to that magnitude. So it wasn't nearly as hard as the earthquake we had two years ago. The ground shook just for an instant. People looked at each other, surprised, then they laughed. I laughed too. So this was what I had been waiting for? This funny little shake? It meant nothing. Ah, man, we need to listen to this because of how this is going to happen. I was relieved and I was disappointed. What had I been waiting for? I started back up the boulevard, moving my legs like those kids. How do they do that? <laughs> I can see him trying to do a George Jefferson swag, some kind of some kind of bent over slouched shuffle that young people do today with their cell phones and their headphones and skinny jeans and, and you know, the swag that we've got. So funny. I never found out. I felt as if the ground wasn't solid under me. I knew I was dreaming and yet I wasn't dreaming. And there was that smell again coming like from the ocean. I was getting to the 5 and 10, which is Newberries, which, again, is a legit place, for real place. And I saw the look on the kids' faces. Two of them were right in front of me, coming my way, both with beards, one with earrings. One said, let's get out of this place. Let's go back east. He seemed scared. It was as if the sidewalks were trembling, but you couldn't seem to see them. Not with your eyes, you couldn't. An old lady had a dog, a little white dog, and she stopped and looked scared and grabbed him in her arms and said, Let's go home, Frau Frau, or Fru Fru. <laughs> Let's go home, Fru Fru. Mama is going to take you home. That poor old lady hanging on to her dog. I got scared, real scared. I remember the girl. She was way down the block, probably. I started to run. I ran and ran and kept and the ground kept trembling. But I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. But I knew it was trembling. Everybody looked scared. They looked terrible. One young lady just sat down on the sidewalk all doubled up. She kept saying, Earthquake. It's the earthquake. Over and over. But I couldn't see that anything was different. Then, when it came, how it came. 
like nothing in God's world, like nothing. It was the scream of a siren, long and low, or the scream of a woman I heard having a baby when I was a kid. It was awful. It was as if something, some monster, was pushing up the sidewalks. You felt it long before you saw it, as if the sidewalks wouldn't hold anymore. I looked out at the cars. They were honking, but not scared. They just kept moving. They didn't seem to know yet anything was happening. Then that white car, that baby half-sized one, came sprawling from the inside lane right against the curb. The girl who was driving just sat there. She sat there with her eyes staring as if she couldn't move. But I could hear her. She whimpered like a little girl. She made funny noises. I watched her thinking of the other girl. I said that this was a dream and I would wake up, but I didn't wake up. The shaking had started again, but this time different. It was a nice shaking, like a cradle being rocked for a minute. And then I saw the middle of the boulevard seemed to be breaking in two. The concrete looked as if it were being pushed straight up by some giant shovel. It was breaking in two. That is why the girl's car went out of control. And then a loud sound again, like I've never heard before. Then hundreds of sounds. All kinds of sounds. Children and women and those crazy guys with earrings. They were all moving, it seemed. Some of them above the sidewalk. I can't describe it. They were lifted up. And the waters kept oozing, oozing. The cries, it was awful. I woke up. I never want to have that dream again. So this was another portion, the second portion of you, if you will, of this earthquake catastrophic event, this judgment that Joe Brandt saw in 1937. And I wanted to remember for a minute the funny smell that he smelled, the sulfur, sulfuric acid, like a smell of death, he said. It was it's something familiar that he would have smelled in his chemistry class. And it's amazing because recent news actually has reported that tar and natural gas smells are rising from the street corners across from the La Brea tar pits in L.A. at a rate unseen before. It's also been reported, this has been a few years back now, all the way up until recent times, there in Yellowstone National Park that the roadways, the paths, the blacktop that they've poured through the park for, for visitors to go and travel on has been heating up to a place, the surface temperature to a place where the blacktop is actually melting and smells of sulfur and sulfuric acid and all of those things coming up from the ground in specific places. This is happening now. These are warning signs. These are things that are happening right now. And they're pointing to exactly what he dreamed, what he saw in 1937 in Fresno, California. And I think another thing that's really interesting about this is the time period. So he's saying it was five minutes to four on a beautiful sunny afternoon. Isn't that interesting? So amazing. It's going to be interesting to see when this thing happens and to see if this time is actually accurate. If it's going to be four o'clock in the afternoon, if it, I was fixing to say, if it does happen then, but you know what? The point is, is not to wait for it to happen and see it on four o'clock in the afternoon on a sunny afternoon to validate it. 
The point is, is to hear the message, to hear the dream, to hear the visions of this man and all of the others that we've already discussed and to, come on, make a a logical decision to, do I believe this or do I not believe this? Are the signs there? Are things happening right now? Is God actually trying to warn the West Coast? Is he trying to warn those that are over there on the seacoast and in LA and all those areas Is he trying to warn them that this is coming? Here's an interesting thought, too. You know, the one thing that curbs judgment, the one thing that that changes judgment is repentance. And repentance can be had two ways. Repentance can actually stop judgment, or repentance can be had because of judgment. I do know this, that now is probably the best time ever for repentance to take place. What does that mean? I mean a, a complete change, an acceptance of Christ, an acceptance of God and who he is and what he's warning people about in this nation. It's something else I thought about these young men, these ones with the beards and the earrings, and he was still trying to walk like these young men. I also thought about something else. There is, and it's hard to dispute, but there is a type of young men today that are part of the LGBT movement that most definitely walk a little differently than most men. It's interesting the amount of social, cultural phenomenons, details that he saw that so easily could be for today. And if you'll remember on several of these other accounts that we've already discussed and looked at, Many of those accounts say it's not going to happen like most people think it's going to happen. I know William Branham described it the same way, that it was going to be a more casual, if you want to say it that way, earthquake phenomenon rather than what we can imagine as as a violent shaking, a violent ripping apart. So many of these that have seen this already have testified they've they've talked about the dreams the visions the things that god has shown them the things that they've seen in dreams and so on that this is going to start out exactly like he said it was nothing it wasn't nearly even as hard as the earthquake they had two years ago which is so amazing because that means that this thing has been being set up all this time that there may be other things that cause this earthquake to come to pass rather than the earthquake itself just being the main central event. So it could be a tsunami. It could be a series of tsunamis. There's there's so many things that could trigger such an event, and we should always be so in tune with the signs. There's always signs. And I tell you, the whole point of this podcast is really to detail those signs spiritually first rather than in the physical as what's happening around us weather-wise and, and, and catastrophic events and so on. I'm convinced that so much more of our world, so much more of our lives, so much more of the events and things happening around us are spun off of the spiritual realm and what's happening in the spirit. There are spirits and there are things working There's a kingdom of light. There's a kingdom of darkness. And those are spiritual forces. And we're somewhere in the middle of those daily, hourly even, making choices as to which kingdom we're yielding to day by day. As to which spiritual kingdom, which spiritual force we're allowing to influence our world. 
influence our governments, influence my life, influence my family's lives, influence the world. Because there's one kingdom that is struggling for dominance and superiority and to influence people on the planet. And it is the kingdom of darkness. Because it's already defeated, it's already been put under, it's already been cast out of its original habitation and knows that its days are numbered, knows that its days are short. So it's seeking the yieldedness of a human community, a human society, in order to give it access and influence to control and to introduce its nasty, its evil, its darkness into the world. But there is a kingdom that will always reign supreme. It will always, always win, be victorious over everything else, and eventually will be the dominant kingdom, as the Bible says, ruling with a rod of iron. That means it's my way or the highway. It means that this kingdom is set up, and just like a kingdom of King Henry VIII or whoever, that rule of law, that government is the government, and you don't have a choice but to follow that government. I know it may be off topic a little bit, but I think we're going to be sorely amazed as Americans, as free people, and even the rest of the world with parliaments and governments and democracies, We're all going to have an eye-opening event when we find out that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Adonai, the kingdom of Elohim is literally a kingdom and his rule of law is what goes. So we don't amend laws. We don't add to laws. We don't take away from laws. We simply obey the laws he's already set in motion. It's an amazing thought and it's the truth. And there's that struggle And so the spiritual warning has to come first before the actual manifestation of this horrible, horrible event that is coming in response to the mass concentration of sin and darkness. I just pray within this podcast and within these episodes and these things that we're talking about and discovering here, I just pray that some will hear this. And they'll respond to this and they'll not just think, well, this is some crazy redneck in the middle of the uh, of Arkansas, the Arkansas woods somewhere. And he's just reading off junk that he's that he's heard and seen and so on. Because I tell you, one of the very worst things that we can imagine is like this young girl that got so mortified, terrified by fear that she just sat down on the sidewalk, doubled up. And all she kept saying was earthquake. It's the earthquake. So people know this is coming. This is what's what floors me about this. Folks know this is coming. And whether people want to believe it or not, they know this has been prophesied. I'm here in this podcast just to put these out there and see how close, how culturally, societally close we are even with the manifestations of sulfur and tar and all these things coming out of these pits and these places. Oh my goodness, how close we are. And people know it. The worst thing that we could ever imagine would be somebody sit down knowing it's over. I can't run fast enough. I can't get away from this. I've heard about it my whole life. And here it is. The despair that's in that. My goodness. So my biggest prayer is that this 
podcast will be shared and liked and sent all over the world, but especially to the West Coast areas so people can hear this, hear the sound of my voice and hear these warnings from God, these prophetic utterances from all of these people. Because like the scripture says, God doesn't want even one person to perish due to darkness, due to, due to sin, due to rebellion. And I don't know about you, but I don't either. And with that, I'm going to conclude this episode of the second part of Joe Wendell Brandt's dream from 1937 there in Fresno, California, speaking about the, the earthquake judgment that is to come. And when we come back again for the third edition of this, the third episode of this, of this dream, this vision of this earthquake, we're actually going to look at the destruction and the phenomenon of this earthquake and the other cities that are affected by it. It is just amazing. And it is literally in detail and picture form of the other words that we talked about and discussed in the previous podcasts, John Paul Jackson, William Branham, and all the many others, what they prophetically spoke, we're going to look at in detail and actually get a picture of what it was they saw and what they what they felt and, and the visions that God gave them. It's absolutely phenomenal. You're not going to want to miss this one. And so again, I want to put out there, that we would love to hear from you here on this podcast. And you can email us at rivervalleypc at outlook.com. We would love to hear what you think about the podcast. Love to hear about your thoughts, your ideas, experiences that you may have had, other types of experiences, dreams, visions that you may have had or somebody that you know of. And if you'd like to partner with our ministry, we would be so appreciative And the best way we know of to receive gifts of any sort is through our cash app at dollar sign RVPCRV. And that helps us do what we do. It goes into our fund for outreach. And you can join us on our Facebook page, River Valley Prayer Center, and also on our soon-to-come YouTube channel. I thank you all for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, posting, hitting that button for the notification when a new podcast comes up. And help us get this word out. Help us to get this out. It's not really about us. It's not about any kind of gain or notoriety or anything like that. We really have a heart for people, a heart for the prophetic things that God has spoken in the dreams and the visions from people in our heritage, people in the past whose voices are now ringing so clear and so true. And so that's all we have for this episode. Come back again for this next episode where we literally get into the meat and the details of this earthquake judgment. And like always, until next time, be awake, be aware, and be ready. See you next time.